This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. It's my honor to have Christina Salem on the podcast. Christina is the wife of Brad Salem, tight ends coach for the Memphis Tigers. Thank you so much for being a part of us. Thank you so much, Kristen. This is so kind of you to have me on. Well, I've been looking forward to this one. We start with the X's and O's. Coach Salem spent 10 years prior to Memphis at Michigan State, where he served as the offensive coordinator. Michigan State, you went nine bowl games in six 10-win seasons. Now with the Tigers, a conference title, a bowl victory. When you hear it all like that, when you look back, what stands out to you is why Coach Salem is getting guys to perform at such a high level? Well, of course, if you asked him, he would never take any personal credit for anything. Of course, it would be all player teams, uh, you know, at coaches as a unit. Um, but from the perspective of his very biased wife, I would say <laughs> that he is a phenomenal teacher of the game. And he genuinely loves his players and they can feel that love and the concern that he has for them as people as well as players. Now, where did you grow up and did you ever see this life, the coach's wife life? Well, I grew up in a small town um, called Pierce, South Dakota, and I had a great dad who liked to include me in everything he was doing. So he liked to hunt and fish and watch sports and he just brought me along with him and he, I was just, you know, his person. It wasn't, he never treated me like a girl who was separate. And so I loved, I gravitated toward all those things. So I think for me, I like that world and being a college, you know, I love college football. And so being a coach's wife just really um, made sense to me. And I I really have always found it very exciting and, and very interesting. Now, how did you meet Brad Salem? Well, um, I noticed him in college when he transferred in as a junior he played football along with my roommate's boyfriend and that boyfriend liked to tease him and tell him I had a crush on him, which of course I was mortified by. And it went on so long that I finally walked up to him in the weight room one day and I just said, please ignore. And that person's name was also Brad. I just said, please ignore Brad. I, you know, I don't know why he's doing this. And I walked away and he promptly followed me. <laughs> and then we started talking and we dated a few months later. And I knew I wanted to marry him on our first date. Really? What yeah. was it about him? What what said, this is the guy? You know, this, this is the um, analogy I always use is that I always envision marriage as you play um, doubles tennis with your partner. And I had always dated guys that wanted to play singles. You know, they mm. were like on the other team and they wanted to compete. And, you know, they just saw men and women as very separate. And Brad was just the first guy I met that was just, you know, a, just a partner, a, a friend, you know, first and foremost. And it was just so refreshing and just so delightful that, yeah, I knew that's the guy I'm looking for. I love it. Now, how long have you been married? Tell me about your two sons now. So we've been married 26 years, which I cannot believe. Wow. It just does not seem possible. I know, I know it's crazy. 
And so we're kind of on that back end of life. We're, you know, almost, almost empty nesters. Our oldest is in college. He's a junior at North Central College, which is this great division three school uh, near Chicago. They won the um, D3 national championship last year. Jeff wow. Thorne is their head coach and he's just, he's a great guy. So we're so happy Eli's there playing football. And then um, my son, Jeremiah is a high school senior this year. And he's also playing football. So they both want to go into coaching. So I guess I don't need to worry about them being scarred by their father <laughs> not being home much when they were growing up. <laughs> well, you've done something right. That's awesome. Now, do you work right now? What do you enjoy doing? I am currently freelancing. I'm a writer and editor. Um, and in my past career, I worked mostly in universities and nonprofits, writing marketing and development materials, as well as grant writing. And I love the work. So I love that I can continue doing that in a freelance basis. Okay. So, I mean, to everyone else, we both are on the same staff right now. We both are Memphis Tigers. So I know the answer to some of these questions, but not everybody else does. <laughs> so let's talk game day at the Liberty Bowl right now. What's a home game look like for you? What time do you get to the stadium? Well, I, you know, I'm lucky enough to have friends and family that like to come visit wherever we are. And they um, we just had a big group in this last weekend, which was so fun. Um, and so, you know, it's always fun to tailgate before the game. And, you know, we have this great coaches wives group here too. So if I don't have anybody in town, everybody's so great about getting together. It is just such a wonderful atmosphere. Um, but everybody knows who knows me knows I like to go into the stadium early. I like to get settled and watch pregame. I find it to be very relaxing. I do too. I love watching yeah, it, up. it is. It is. I love every <laughs> piece of it. Now, do you get to go to the away games? I do. Sometimes I kind of did, I think more when the kids were little, but they've gotten busier, but you know, there's always sometimes fun wives trips that wives all go together. But I also love the balance of watching games at home. Um, I'm an introvert by nature. So I kind of love the downtime of watching um, at home with my boys. Um, I also find it very therapeutic to fold laundry when the games oh. get stressful or, or pace around the room. And, you know, it is so much easier to yell at the refs from the quiet of your own home. It's so yes. much more socially acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I didn't know that about you. I have plenty of laundry. We should watch away games together. Well, oh, <laughs> Give me all your laundry. Give it to me. <laughs> Get that nervous energy out. Oh, you know, we have highs, highs, and we sometimes have low lows in this business. Um, I think if you haven't experienced that, someone will who's listening to the podcast at some point in this career. So I ask the same question to each wife. Um, not every day you're on top of the world. What type of adversity have you faced and what did you rely on to get through those tough moments? Well, you know, if you've been in coaching long enough, you know that there is, it is just a, it's a fickle business and whether or not it's some losses or whether or not there's a job change, it's, it's just never smooth sailing. It's, it's, you know, it's a roller coaster. So, you know, I don't know where, we would be without our faith today. I mean, it has defined us and guided us from the beginning. And not that it, we always um, were, it was always went smoothly, but we've plugged away at it. We have been wanting to grow in our faith over the years. And I think one of the things that we've seen that's been a real blessing is that we have slowly but surely gotten our identity from our faith rather than the wins and losses. So you can weather them better and you just, we just are who we are no matter what happens. And we just stay grounded, our head down, grounded in our faith, humble. And um, that has been a really uh, great part of this journey. 
I love that. Do you think it changes you to go through tough times, maybe even for the better? You know, it's so funny now that I'm on kind of the back end of the, you know, sort of kind of lived through all of this. Um, I would say that I can, you know, confidently say that the tough times are where we heard God's voice the clearest and we learned exactly who we are in those moments. Um, and so we also felt closest to God in those mm-hmm. moments. So I wouldn't trade any of them, no matter how difficult they were. I wouldn't, I find them to be um, so important in our development and just in our faith too. Cause you just, when you go through it, he's there at the end and, he, and you see him and you understood what it was, what you got out of it. Cause it's never for not, you know, mm-hmm. there's always something important that you learn and you grow in resilience and all of that. So, yeah. I think it's neat that um, we grow through those times, but also our children kind of get a front row seat to our faith. And what do you do when those times when things don't go your way? And sometimes um, when you're raising kids and you're not in this profession, yes, you have challenges. No, no one's without any challenges, but it's just front row and center. And, you know, what are you going to do in this moment? And they get to see you make those decisions of pressing in and going, God, I give it to you. I mean, there's, you know, we're just going to live this way. And I think it's been really neat. You talked about your boys wanting to go into the profession. You've obviously modeled that very well in front of them. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I think that has been, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is that, um, in that, you know, the identity I talked about before, that that's really important to us, that we have a family identity that's very separate from what Brad does. So then, you know, yeah, you don't, we don't really wave, you know, we don't ride the wave, wave too high, but then we don't ride it too low. Mm-hmm. And so we keep that really, it's really important. Um, you don't ever wear it on your sleeve. You don't introduce yourself as a coach's kid. You know, if you think somebody might be impressed by that, you never, ever do that. You just, we just have a very separate identity from that. And I'm really grateful for that part of it. Mm, that's good wisdom right there. So how many years have we been a coach's wife? So 26 years. 26 oh years, which is yeah. amazing because you look 30. So I don't know how they figured that out, but, uh, uh I, you are too kind. No, no. They will see your picture when you post it. But um, what's one thing you are glad you have made a priority in your life over the past 26 years of being a coach's wife? You know, I would say, I would definitely say that that identity piece, I think is what I am most proud of. I think the fact that we had a separate life and identity and um, purpose other than coaching that it's our faith is so important um and what the kids are doing whatever it is it wouldn't have mattered if they went to football they they tended to gravitate toward that but we would have celebrated anything they wanted to do um and that I really love that that piece is so important and they understand that growing up because your identity if if it's coming from any part of what you're doing in the world I think that's always just a really slippery slope and really difficult, you know, if it's on the rock, if it's just on a firm, solid foundation, then, then life is, is much better. (laughs) That's wisdom. Now you've been a backbone of a very successful coach. What do you think you have done that has contributed to this success and your lives as a family? And don't say nothing. (laughs) Okay. Well, I was going to say, if you asked me, you know, what my weaknesses and failures were, I could answer that so much easier. Of course, this is of course hard, but, um, I would, what have you tried to do? There you go. I've tried to do what? 
<laughs> well, I would say that I've persisted and persevered in addressing my weaknesses and failures. Um, I have just every day, I just try to get better. So I would say as a young mom and coach's wife, I really struggled. I thought I found it to be incredibly hard and I never really saw anybody else complaining, <laughs> but inside I was like, this is so hard. It was hard to be alone. Um, I think I had some depression and anxiety and I, nobody else seemed to have any of that. And so um, I wish I was, I wish I could do it again. I wish I had more patience and I wish I was a calmer mom, but I did plug away every day trying to be better because I knew where I wanted to go. I wasn't there yet. So I would say that that is something that, um, that is, you know, keeping that, keeping that consistent family, that peaceful family, you know, you know, and so we're in this crazy profession, but keeping that stable and consistent, I think is, is, uh, been really important. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the first things that I noticed when I met you, just this peace and calmness about you and a joy. And I think that um, it's very evident. That's how you live your life. Oh, kind. This business is competitive. Some call it brutal, maybe unfair at times. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you don't have to name jobs, uh, but we've all been there at some point, right? Or if not, you know, maybe a new yeah. coach's wife, hey, tuck this advice she's about to give away in your pocket. You're going to pull it out one day. I promise you can come back and listen to this again, but there's probably been a job you thought your husband would get. You didn't, or maybe there's been comments on social media, whatever it may be. And this can not just be college. This can be high school too. I mean, all of these things competitive all, on yeah. every single level of football. What do you yeah. say to your husband to keep him encouraged on those times? Cause it's so easy to just compare your path to somebody else's. Absolutely. Well, I think for us, as I kind of think about our journey, um, as we've grown in our faith and put our identity in things other than coaching, um, I think that is a, a really important first step. Like that's the key foundation. And so you don't, you aren't buffeted by all of the winds, you know, of change. Um, but I think the other thing that's been important for us is that we've always been on the same team mm -hmm. and so we're on the same side so we can grasp hands at the end of the day and just say okay this is hard and we don't know what's around the corner but we're going to trust in God that he has a plan for us and we're going to hang on and I think that is just just having each other's back knowing that this is tough but you know we are going to trust and that has been that was huge for us that was really huge and then our other philosophy was to never freak out at the same time <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> it only happened once where like oh we can't let this happen again I mean, it kind of naturally happened where I would have a down day he'd be like it's okay it's gonna be fine and then the other way you know he would have a down day and I'd be automatically just feeling great at that moment it was such a blessing but at one time we both did, were like oh that can never happen again <laughs> no not at all somebody's gotta be strong <laughs> yes that's good advice <laughs> Yes. Now you've raised two sons. One's a senior. So you're almost done uh, with that little piece of the hard part. And then it becomes even harder, I think, because then you don't have a lot of control. But um, oh. what's a handful of things that you would encourage a new mom? I have a lot of new coaches, moms um, listening to the podcast and they reach out and say a few things. So do you have any, um, maybe a handful of things you would encourage a new coach's wife to focus on? Where would you put your focus? You know, I would say that 
one of the things I think is, is really important is to find um, at least one other person to, to be your person, uh, another mom who is supportive and not competitive, which I think these days is really hard to find because I think it's just life is really hard on moms and, mm-hmm. and people are hard on each other. And to find that person who is going to have your back no matter what. And who you can really be real with. Yes. And that is so important um, because it's really hard. It's something you can just talk about how hard this is. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it seems like everybody is just doing it perfectly, it is gut-wrenching mm-hmm. when you feel like you're alone and you're the only one struggling. So I think that is so important. Um, and it can just be one mom. You know, if you're lucky enough to have more than one, you are rich. That's true. Um, but just that one mom, at least, that has really can experience life with you. Um, and the other thing I would say is, you know, don't forget those older moms like me who um, who have some wisdom and understanding and who can just listen and help and offer you some love and grace that I think is also really important, too. That's true. Yeah, I that's really good advice. Definitely. I think that when you find that person and it may not be another coach's wife might be outside of that. It could be a coach's wife. Yeah, but to just carry you on those days where, you know, you don't know if you're going to make it. Um, They're like, can I make it to three o'clock? Yes, I can make it to three (laughs) o'clock. That was always my thing. Can I make it to three? I can do three. I don't know about 10 o'clock at night. And do I know another person who is saying this exact same thing? Do I know another person who's just trying to make it to three? (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Now, you uh, have been on a lot of uh, staffs, um, a long tenure there at Michigan State and here at Memphis. What are some ways you enjoy connecting with some of the wives on the staffs you've been a part of? You know, we have been lucky to be part of Bible studies on staff that we've been a part of, and that is a huge connector of people. It's really been great. And, you know, I can't say enough about our current group of wives here at Memphis. Phenomenal group of people. Yes. Wonderful wives. And, you know, I just, that's how I met you and gotten to know you. And I was just, it's just been such a joy to get to know you. This group is just phenomenal. And Trisha McIntyre has been just a phenomenal leader and bringing us all together and, you know, taking us under her wing. And it, it's just been, it's been a really, a huge blessing. I yes. am so grateful for it. It's yeah. unbelievable. I haven't been able to be a part yeah. of a Bible study with coaches wives before, either with oh. work or they didn't have any going on. And this has been refreshing. It's, it's unbelievable. So I would encourage you wives out there um, to definitely start one. If you don't have it, you don't have to know all the scriptures out there. Just meet, you know, it's really, really cool. Just meet and absolutely. And read a book, you know, just to read a book together and just, you can start anywhere it there is. And even one other person, it is, you know, or two, it doesn't have to be a huge group and, you know, and not everybody has to really be, uh, have a huge background in church just right. to, to get something out of it. It's a phenomenal way to, to grow closer. I know you guys like to reach out to your players. So what are some of the ways that you have tried to reach out to coach Salem's players to let them know they mean a lot to your family? You know, I think like other coaches, I, we have found that having players over to our home is really something special, you know? So we have this, um, our longstanding tradition is to invite players over for chocolate banana shakes, which oh. is So it started in our tiny apartment when Brad was a GA, and we've continued it to this day. And 
Um, we love it. So that, so we, you know, and we always have our position group, but then we have stragglers. We have roommates, you know, they grab your roommate or grab somebody who, or Brad invites somebody who looks like they need some encouragement. And it's just a, it's just been really um, just such a lovely thing that we've had over the years to have this relationship with these players. And, you know, um, and that they know too, this is a lifelong relationship. It isn't mm-hmm. just a four year, two year, however long you're with them, you know, it's lifelong. You'll have us in your life forever. And so that is just been really special. And, you know, and, you know, like holidays, like Thanksgiving and Easter, a lot of times they can't go home. And mm-hmm. so we've always had a full table of, and those are just a great, those are the best memories. And our kids getting to grow up with that too, is just yes. oh, such a blessing. Now, how uh, do you and coach Salem, I don't even call him Brad, I call him coach Salem, I guess. Uh, how do you guys, uh, the two <laughs> of you stay connected during the season? You know, I, you know, like all, you know, coaches and, and coaches wives, it's so hard to, to connect sometimes, but I think for us, we've just always made it a priority at the end of the day, we just decompress and we're how late it is or tired. We just decompress and talk about the little details about our day, because I think that's where the color in your life comes from. So it, that's just been always our, our, uh, our habit of doing that. And, and that's, I think really kept us connected. Yeah. It's not a big deal, but it's, it's been important for us. Yeah, very important. So do you get any downtime? What do you like doing? I love to read and write. And preferably in my backyard. Those are my oh, two favorite things to do. Nice. What are some of the most rewarding aspects to you about being a coach's wife? Well, you know, as I said before, I'm an introvert, which I love being. But um, I think when I look back on everything, I would say that um, being a coach's wife has challenged me and drawn me out into the world in ways that I wouldn't have been. And I feel so grateful for that. I have grown I've had these opportunities to grow and meet people and get connected with other wives and players and grow my circle. And I am so grateful for that. Love it. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's the last book you have read? On the Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery. Do you like it? Oh, good. So good. She's a great author. Yeah. She kind of, uh, she writes about nature and animals. She's just really interesting. And I'm fascinated by octopuses. So it was a great book. Awesome. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? You know, my preference would be a stand-up comedian. My favorite. Oh, fun. Do you have any favorites out there or are you just like anybody good? I do. I have favorites. I have, um, and he's from Tennessee, actually. Uh, Nate Bargetti is one of my favorites. Nice. Um, he's from Nashville. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. And I love Gary Gullman and Jim Gaskin. And yeah, those are my yeah. favorites. Pretty fun. If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would that be? I would say my favorite author, Jane Austen. You oh, can't beat it. Nice. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Ted Lasso over and over and over. <laughs> I love that show. I want to inject that positivity into my veins. I love awesome. it so much. What's your go-to <laughs> meal to cook? I would say pesto cream pasta. And I'm oh. not a very good cook, but that one, that one I can, it's easy, but it seems like complicated. So I, that's my, I like that. I that <laughs> recipe. What sport can you beat coach Salem in? Well, he is more coordinated and competitive than I am, but I think I could beat him in a race. Could you really? I think so. Are you a runner? He might disagree. He might. Yeah. Yeah, he might disagree, but I think I can take him. Yeah, we'll have to have him on then. Okay, if Coach Salem were a football coach, what would he be? 
I cannot imagine him doing anything else. I honestly can't. Like that is in his veins. Um, but if he, I, if he did a job, I would say he could do a profession, but his free time would be working with kids. Yeah. You know, if, if his profession was something else, his hobby would be coaching or working with FCA or fellowship Christian athletes or something. So yeah, something with kids. What's one thing non-tech you can't live without? Uh, I have to say books. Everyone has something that needs throwing away around the house. What's the ugliest thing you own? Well, I'm kind of a casual minimalist. So (laughs) everything I have, I do love. And I do love this antique chair that's a little ratty that sits in my sunroom. um, But I think it's wonderful. Hey, if it makes you happy. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. If you had a superpower, what would that be? All right. Well, this is going to sound kind of boring, but I think being kind is a superpower these days. Mm. I would spread as much of it as I could around. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Christina, for sharing with us. Thank you so much, Kristen. Uh, It's just been such a joy getting to know you. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Briller-Hope or online at BrillerHub.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.